This is BirdieCast. A podcast about making light of life on tour. We're your hosts, professional golfers Maya Schechter and Leslie Klutz. Are you in the market for some new golf balls? Sniper Tour Series golf balls are here. Their top-performing soft urethane cover balls come in two compressions to perfectly fit your game and maximize your performance. Bring that swagger to the first tee with their patent-pending tube packaging and never have to throw away empty sleeves again. See what the buzz is all about. Shop at snipergolfballs.com and use the code BIRDIECAST for 15% off today. This episode is also brought to you by Chippo Golf. Chippo Golf is one of my favorite golf games. I've had a set for a little while now, and it is the ultimate golf backyard game. Chippo was invented by two guys from Long Island in New York who decided to combine golf and cornhole to create arguably the best yard game ever. Find Chippo on ChippoGolf.com, and BirdieCast listeners can use the code, you guessed it, BirdieCast, for 15% off your own Chippo set. Welcome back to BirdieCast. I'm here with Molly Marcuse-Simon, the ninth LPJ commissioner. Um, you, your official start date was August 9th, and she was unanimously elected by the LPJ Board of Directors. Um, we're very excited to have her here today. Um, welcome. Thanks. This is cool. Yeah. I, I love your podcast. I've been listening to them. They're funny. They're real. They're informative. So I'm really excited to be chatting with you. Yeah. We're excited to kind of get to know you as a person and, um, you know, what brought you here to the LPGA and then, um, what you plan to do with us with the LPGA as, as an organization. Um, so I guess to get started, you grew up in, in New York mm -hmm. and you played golf and you went to school at Princeton, and you played soccer and ice hockey. So you obviously are an athlete. Yeah. You love sports. Love sports. My whole life, that's sort of been my, my ideal, you know, just like you. I just uh, played sports from the time I knew what sports were. My parents let me play. I sort of begged them to let me play anything that came across my plate, um, including ice hockey, and that my mother wasn't so thrilled with that idea. As a six- or seven-year-old girl, she was like, I don't think girls play ice hockey. I'm like, I think they do. And, and uh, I, I, yeah, she's like, how about dance? How about swimming? I'm like, no, I think it's ice hockey. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, we, so I played hockey my whole life. I played um, soccer my whole life, and then I started playing golf when I was around 11 or 12 because my brother started playing, and I was like, that looks cool. Yeah. And my parents didn't play. You know, sort of no one in our family really played too much, so played at the public course in downtown Ithaca and just you know played all the time my dad would drop me off in the morning play all day with the boys and the old people at the course and then he'd pick me up on his way home from work and most of the time we'd just be fooling around in the clubhouse but we'd play a bunch of, it was a nine-hole course we'd just loop it around and play as much as we could so and I played in some tournaments and you know played competitively but really focused more on soccer and hockey um, when I got to high school yeah so that's what you went to Princeton for um, so you played two sports in at Princeton and then you studied History mm -hmm. was your, your yep. major, and your so your senior thesis, your hundred-page senior thesis, was the title was the social construction of sports and gender: a history of women's golf from eighteen fifty-five to nineteen fifty-five, right? Eighteen ninety-five, yeah. Sorry, eighteen ninety-five. Yeah. Um. So, how does that play into your role now? Because it's like it's looking at women's role, women's sports and golf in society you're trying to change the game do you think 
we have to change this organization or do we have to change how people view this organization? Well, I mean, I think, um, well, first of all, the, the thesis was funny. I mean, it's sort of come full circle. You know, I didn't think in 1991 that this is what I would necessarily be doing 30 years later, but it's pretty awesome. And, I, and again, I chose that thesis just because I loved women's sports, I loved golf, um, and I, I enjoyed history. I liked social history and sort of thinking about women's role in society. And, you know, every piece of advice that I got along the way was, you know, write about something. If you're going to be spending so much time uh, writing this paper, write about something that you're passionate about and that you care about. So I went to this advisor and told her that I was going to, what I wanted to write on. And she was like, I don't know anything about golf. She's like, I don't even know what golf is. And I was like, it doesn't really matter. This is more of a women's history. So it was kind of a fun experience to try to educate this brilliant Princeton professor on on golf and sort of, again, how women played golf was representative of how they lived in society and sort of what the role of women um, was in different eras. And so I broke it down into three different sort of distinct eras leading to the formation of the LPGA and, you know, really writing about some of the, the founders and kind of the, those early years. Um, so, I mean, I think it's still, interestingly, I went back when I was interviewing for this job, my thesis was actually at my mom's house, and I said, can you uh, send, send me that thesis, because um, I, I want to read it again, and some of the same things that I wrote about that I, I thought we had sort of solved, you know, in 1991, when you project 30 years later, we're still kind of dealing with some of the same issues, sort of what, um, you know, how are women's sports viewed? Are we viewed as the norm or as the other? You know, is there still this kind of cult of the apologetic or are we seen as, you know, sometimes like in certain sports they'll say that's the, the U.S. Open and then the women's U.S. Open or some, some things like that where it's like with the men's U.S. Open and the women's U.S. Open. And, and so I think just changing people's mindset around the fact that women's sports is not the other. You know, it's real. It's, it's a vital part of society. We have amazing athletes on the tour, amazing athletes playing uh, professional women's sports all over the, the world and the country. And so having people sort of change mindset a little bit is still something we're, we're working on. But are we still kind of in the same, you know, women are seen as the other as much as... I think it's a lot better. I mean, I think it's a lot, lot better. And uh, due to the great hard work of so many pioneers, so many uh, women along the way, um, and, and Title IX had a big role in that as well. So I think we're in really a, a much better place, but I think there's there's still that next wave. And I feel that it's right now. I think there's so much interest and so much passion for women's sports, for women's golf. And so I feel like we're at this really awesome moment in time where people are, are um, engaging more because there's different forms of media. You know, we can just your podcast, like you can have this great podcast where people can get to know the amazing women on the tour um, pretty easily, as we were talking about before we started, as opposed to having to have it be, you know, in, in more of the mainstream. And so I think there's been a lot of studies out there that show people really love female athletes and want to get to know them, want to know their stories, um, view them truly as athletes. And, and um, that's really important for us. So I'm really excited about the the next wave of growth for, for women's golf, but also for women's sports more broadly. Yeah, looking at kind of what's brought you here, like even your first job out, out of college, you were the assistant AD and assistant dean of admissions, and you were a coach at a school. Like you, you obviously have always wanted to grow the game. And do you feel like your, your jobs and your career up until this point has prepared you for this, or has this job felt like it's, you know, 
a whole new challenge. Well, I think, you know, I've had the great privilege of being able to have jobs that I've loved every step of the way. From the minute I graduated from college, I've, I knew I always wanted to work in sports, and I've always worked in sports. Um, I think my roommates and I sat around when we were graduating, and someone said, like, okay, write down what you, you know, hope to be doing in five years, 10 years, 15 years. And at every step, I was sort of like, you know, a cool job in sports, a really cool job in sports, a better job in sports, you know. <laughs> so I knew from minute one that I just, that's where my passion was. That's what I, how I wanted to spend my life. Um, but I've had the ability to, the privilege to work at kind of all facets of sport, you know, from youth sports, high school sports, college sports, and now professional sports. And um, so I, I think I have a pretty good overall concept of the value of sports, um, the role sports plays in society. And so they've all been sort of building towards each other. But I think this, this job, I've got a lot to learn still. But um, a lot of the same skills that I've used uh, along the way will be really helpful. And mostly for me, it's just about serving whoever you're working for and just trying to grow whatever organization. So I think that's really just been a huge passion. It's like playing a sport. I always view it as that. I used to talk about that at various jobs that I've had. Is like we're a team and we're trying to win, whatever winning means for us. And, um, you know, we're going to do it together in a collaborative way, build relationships, and just be really strategic and thoughtful and listen to people around you and then try to make whatever organization, whoever you're serving, whatever people you're serving better. Um, so I think that's the same thing here that I'm really excited about. I think we have a great team. We have amazing players. We have amazing partners, amazing professionals, you know, sort of teaching professionals, um, and a great organization. And how do we all kind of collaboratively work together to move it to the next level? So that's what I'm really excited about. I mean, I think all of these organizations, I've always worked in complex organizations that require an enormous amount of teamwork um, and energy and passion, honestly. So I think this is sort of just the next evolution of that. So then when you joined this team, how did you guys define winning? Uh, at, with the LPGA? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a great question. And I, I was working on that on the plane. Like, what does, I wrote those words down, what does winning look like? You know, if we project back, uh, we look at five years ahead and we look back on the last five years, you know, what will be winning? And I think there's, there's lots of things. One, um, you know, continuing to offer the best schedule that we can possibly offer, you know, that's the most conducive to um, you guys reaching your peak performance, you know, sort of, and making enough money to, to survive and to, to thrive more than just survive. And so I think that's a big goal is sort of just continuing to look at the schedule and make sure that we've got great partners still, that we're growing purses, you know, that we're um, kind of having enough opportunities for everyone to, to live their dreams through golf. Um, so that's a big one. I, I think, you know, we want to have more exposure because I think you guys are so motivating and so um, inspiring for so many people. Golf's a really hard game and you guys are the best in the world. And so how do we showcase that more? So if we look back, if more people, not just golf fans, and we have an amazing group of fans um, who really love the LPGA. That's been one of my biggest impressions is there's so much passion for what you guys do. But I'd like that to reach a larger consumer base, you know, for, for people who aren't necessarily avid golfers to know your story and to know how much talent it takes to reach the level that you've taken and how much grit and hard work and actually honestly failure right it golf's a game of failure you have your ups and downs and you have to persevere and i think that's really inspiring for young girls for women in business just for women in general for people in general so i'd like to be able to tell our stories as much as we possibly can um, you know, and, and so, I mean, there's a, a ton of other goals, but I think we have to define what winning is, you know, and then we have to do everything we can to, to win. Is TV the main 
goal to expand that or is there kind of your because you mentioned there's a lot of ways to get that exposure so is it social media tv is that kind yeah of there's all sorts of new media now i mean just these podcasts or streaming or and then also looking within the the broadcast to say you know what what, what can we do to invest in that and we've got great partners in that world and and um, everyone's really open to kind of like how can we continue to use technology to make the fan experience both on site and um you know on tv as interesting and as fun as possible I mean, i think it's a great thing to watch right now I mean obviously I've been a fan for a long time and I, I love watching you guys when I'm not out here but um, you know sort of making it as as fun and entertaining and really to highlight as many talented players as we possibly can along the way yeah all right so some of the nitty-gritty of how did you even find this job open. <laughs> I was like, that a question occurred to me. I was like, did this just come up on LinkedIn? Like, how did you yeah. even find out? Actually, some, um, you know, a search firm reached out to me. Okay. Um, so I think the LPGA, well, I know the LPGA hired a great search firm and um, their job is to, to cast the net fairly wide and to get people in the sports industry or leaders um, that they were looking for. And so uh, someone approached me about it. And I love my job at Princeton. And I um, you know, obviously went to school there. And I loved being the AD there. But there weren't many jobs that I would even you know, sort of take a phone call about. But because of my passion for golf and my passion for women's sports and um, passion for the LPGA, I sort of said, you know, I'll certainly take the, the phone call and, and hear the kind of the hear more about the opportunity. So, you know, and then sometimes those things, just one thing leads to the, yeah. the next. Yeah, you weren't, to, like, pouncing on it, but you were willing to hear Just hear at the beginning, right? Because yeah. when you love your job, you know, you I think you kind of have to be where your feet are, you know, and you have to really be committed to what you're doing. And so I, I've never been someone who's out looking for other jobs. You know, I sort of just dig into what I'm doing. And, and um, you know, I think in general, when you work really hard, good things tend to come your way. And so I always sort of... Uh, tell people that you know just work hard wherever you are and do the whether you're you know cleaning things or you're you know working behind a desk or whatever you're doing just do it really well and and I think people recognize that and mostly just care about the success of the organization I always say that just like you have to it's like being on a team just put the team first and then good things come for the individuals um so you know I had to ask my family whether because you don't want to waste people's time either so it was a big move for our family to move from uh, Princeton, I have three kids and husband and, you know, saying to them, listen, this opportunity has come my way. What do you think? You know, and mm -hmm. at first there was a little hesitation from some of my kids just being like, wait, where is it? It's in Florida. We like, you know, we like where we are. But they were like, mom, you should go for that. That sounds like an amazing opportunity, an amazing job. Um, you know, you should definitely go for it. So they were, and my husband was really supportive. And um, so, it all worked out. Are you out. a family of golfers? Do the kids play golf? They do play golf. Um, my girls, they play, and they've been exposed to it. We, um, you know, we play at the a course out in Long Island uh, where my husband grew up, and so they've always been exposed to it. But um, they play other sports right now. But they've have enough of a base to be able to come back to it and have enough of uh, an understanding of the game. They got pretty good. They got actually really good swings. They're both good players. My son, um, he's always been a little more interested in it, and he's now playing on his um, middle school team. Actually, he's on the JV team nice. and, uh, in Orlando, so he made the team this year. We just moved down there. Yeah. So that was like a big win, you know, again, getting wins. I was like, oh, he said he was wanted to try out for the golf team because he plays soccer in New Jersey, played soccer in the fall 
um, soccer's a winter sport in Florida, but golf's a fall sport. And so he was like, I'll try out the golf team. And he made the team and he's had a couple matches and he's really loving it. So it's great. Yeah, it's good. Very cool. And now a message from our sponsor. Do you need live coverage for your tournament or want to compete in a live match play event? Check out Junior Golf Live on Instagram at Junior Golf Live and JuniorGolfLive.com. Now back to the show. So you're basically through month one of, I mean, yeah, probably week five of, of being a part of the LPGA. Um, how's your 100-day plan going? It's good. <laughs> You've been reading about the 100-day plan. Yep. It's going well. I mean, it's one of those things where like, there's so much action on a day-to-day basis that, you know, being able to really carve out time to think strategically is really important. So wanted to put just a little structure to that and, and create some um, accountability on the plan. So instead of just being like, hey, we're going to write a strategic plan, just a, a little bit more of a time frame around it. So um, it just motivates you to kind of move on those things as opposed to living right in the moment to think more strategically. We're still in the phase where I'm really just li- listening as much as possible. I've met so many amazing people and um, heard so many different perspectives and really just had to understand the whole you know ecosystem. Golf's a pretty complicated world and um, there's, like I said, so many important people um, that we intersect with, whether it's, you know, obviously the players, our partners, um, our tournament operators, our our staff, you know, who's amazing, the the whole team's fantastic, past players um, who really have great, strong opinions and who can really provide great perspective. Um, and, and then obviously through the growth brands within the LPGA too. So the, the teaching professionals, um, amateurs, uh, you know, the girls golf programs and the leadership programs that we run. So I've just been really listening, learning. I, I think it's, uh, I've learned so much. I think I have a good sense of things, but I think being an active listener is a really important skill in a leader. So um, that's, been, that's been great because you get to sit back and learn. But um, we're also diving deep in some of the areas, you know, sort of getting the analytics, getting the financials, knowing what drives our business, where we can reinvest those dollars. You know, we're in that kind of phase right now, um, doing it collaboratively. You know, this isn't just me doing this. Obviously, it's, we have a great executive leadership team, a great board of directors, both for the foundation and the LPGA, who are really passionate. And then we have all these amazing partners um, who also care deeply. So I think it's just getting everybody um, aligned, getting everybody's thoughts, you know, hearing from you guys, what you need, what, you know, your ideas are. You're living it every day. So I'm trying to do that as much as possible and um so we're at that stage and then we'll just prioritize you know sort of set a strategy in each of the areas prioritize how we're going to use our resources and and get at it and then it'll be you know it'll evolve it'll be iterative it won't be like hey this is exactly what we're going to (laughs) do because things come up and you come up with new ideas and you have to be nimble and flexible but i think a big part of any organization is just being growth-minded People who know me know that's like one of my favorite words is like every day waking up, figuring out how you get just a little bit better. Um, you know, and take some chances too. I mean, it's fun to be innovative and to, mm-hmm. to try new things. And sometimes they don't, aren't perfect, but, you know, as long as people are willing to try and, and um, you know, kind of use their ingenuity and, and um, kind of big picture thinking, I think that tends to move an organization yeah. forward. Has, has anything surprised you since you got on... I mean, since you started this job, has anything been like, wow, 
wasn't expecting that. Um, well, I mean, I think on the on there have been a bunch, you know, a bunch of surprises. I think I think I went in with just sort of okay, I'm just gonna learn and mm-hmm. see what comes my way without a lot of preconceived notions. So almost everything was a surprise. <laughs> oh, but uh, the, the one of the biggest uh, two two big um, kind of perceptions, I guess, as I, I got started was one how passionate people are at all levels of the organization, like. Um, particularly when you talk to some CEOs who, um, you know, have worked with us for a long time and how important the LPGA is to their brand and their values and their company and how the intersection is, is really important and how we're a platform to, for them to tell the world that they care about women's leadership, they care about diversity, um, equity and inclusion. And so that's been fun to see people at the highest levels of industry saying how important the LPGA sponsorship is to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing is just how, I mean, obviously I've followed the LPGA, I've been a fan of the LPGA for a long time, but when you come and watch you guys play, it's pretty remarkable. You know, it's a hard sport, as I said, and, and um, there's a lot of pressure, and the athleticism of the women on the tour is pretty uh, pretty amazing. So that's been fun to watch, and I'm just a big sports junkie, sports nerd, and so love having some people to follow and cheer on and root on. That's why I've always loved working in sports. Right. What's been kind of the most difficult part of taking on this role? I mean, I think, you know, I'm a bit impatient, you know, like I'm like, how do I add value, you know, right away? And Mm -hmm. I think because I didn't work in golf and because I didn't, um, I I don't know everything nor, you know, even that much when I started, I I just, I have to be patient in learning, you know, And, and so... Uh, that and also it's complex. You know, there's there's a, lots of parts of our organization, just details that I, I need to still learn, um, and so that's been challenging. And then just figuring out how to move the needle. A lot of smart people have worked on the LPGA for a long time, and so um, you know it's not easy to make change and to, to to grow because it's not like it's been a bad organization. It's been a great organization. So how do you build upon the successes that we've had and get those wins moving forward? So. It's yeah. certainly not um, an easy task, but it's a really exciting one. And I think, you know, if we do it collaboratively, we'll we'll make really good progress. Yeah. Has Mike Wan been any assistance in kind of transitioning you in? Absolutely. No, he's been great. I mean, he's been super um, helpful and super res- responsive. Um, we've met a couple times, you know, individually, and then he's always, you know, one text, one phone call away, um, you know, giving me both, uh, you know, room to do what, you know, I think is right, but also giving me really important perspective on things that he tried or That's kind of his true. concept on things. And he's been fantastic, you know, and so have really, like, everyone within the golf world from, um, you know, Jay Monahan at the PGA Tour, Seth Waugh, PGA of America, you know, um, Martin Slumbers at the RNA, and Keith Pelly at the uh, uh, European Tour, just so many different people from the industry reaching out and being like, whatever you need, I'm here for you. And so it's a really, um, it's a great leadership group, and it's been, uh, I've been really appreciative of that. Plus, again, you know, all of our partners and sponsors and um, Mm -hmm. tournament operators who have a really great sense of how the the golf world works and yeah it's been good how has it been i mean you're meeting a lot of new people are you good at remembering names and faces? <laughs> not that good. <laughs> you have a trick? Is there a way you do this? Because I'm not very good either. Yeah, so I've had a couple blunders, I have to say, where I've been like, oh, it's nice to meet you. And people are like, oh, we met three times. You know, so yeah. there, there have been a lot of new faces. And I'm pretty good once I kind of have a conversation with someone that's more than a couple minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But 
you know, sometimes it's uh, people it's look the same. A lot, a lot people. of people, and yeah. You see people with hats on, and then when you see them yeah. without a yeah, hat, it's yeah. just like a totally different person. Right, or on the golf course, and then wearing something completely different, yeah. or in a different environment. And that's the other thing, you're all over the world. And so yeah. sometimes it's out of context. You know, it's like, actually, it was a funny story. One of, one of the great young women who works in our office, she literally sits outside of my office. And I've been going to the office every day that I'm in town. Some, we're not all 100% back yet. You know, there's still some mm. uh, remote working and hybrid and but I've been trying to go in so I could meet as many people and I've had lots of great conversations with her she's awesome and then I saw her out at Solheim and she was totally out of context and I, I, I like almost introduced myself to her and she was like eh, you know and I was yeah. like, so that was a little embarrassing yeah. but um you know those I'm kind of things way. but yeah it's just like, that's hard oh, hey yeah. good to see you. and then yeah. you can slowly like as the conversation goes on you like figure out who yes. they are yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I've done pretty well but I, I definitely made some blunders that yeah. I need to work through and and uh, you know I'm still I haven't met all of the players yet um, mm. which I'm really anxious to do yeah. and uh, you know I'm going to be going to all the events this fall um, all the events that are left and okay. so um, be able to hopefully put people in context and right. have more one-on-one -on -one conversations and I've been trying to just um, you know reach out to people if I can and it's just been so busy um, also moving the family and transitioning yeah. the family getting the kids in new school getting a new house getting you know my husband settled getting him yeah, he's been getting himself settled but um, you know sort of that move with a with a big family is is uh, it's been very busy what is the weakness that you found in the LPJ I don't know if there's any weaknesses. I, I think we I think we need more resources to grow to the next level. I mean, I think in terms of you know manpower and um, you know we want to have a little bit more um, cushion, you know, so we can do more innovative things. So I think that's a, a challenge. Like we're just pretty light staffed in in certain areas. The people who work for the LPGA are amazing and just passionate and determined and gritty and they work so hard you know but uh, we just probably don't have enough of them um, and so kind of how do we uh, kind of invest in in that moving forward I think that's something we're looking into again I don't have all the answers yet but to me you know that's a that's a part of it is um, how do we kind of gain more resources to be able to grow get more sort of capital to be able to reach the next level and you can do that a lot of ways and we have to determine what the best way to do that is but we have like I said great sponsors great partners um, who are really supporting us in many ways but I yeah. think um, that's probably the hardest thing is just like getting enough resources to get us to the next level mm -hmm. and it's kind of that chicken or the egg because sponsors want you know, more airtime and want more people watching and more people would probably watch if there were a few more cameras out there and showing right. more players hitting more shots, but you need money from sponsors to do that. So it's like, how, yeah, how do you break that cycle? Like who, somebody has to kickstart it. Right, exactly. And I think we're, you know, we're, we're making good progress there based on um, the support of so many different people, but you're absolutely right. I've used the, that exact phrase. It's a bit of a chicken and egg. Um, but, you know, I think I, I would like to focus on that top line, you know, like just be, trying to win, as I said before, you know, trying to find creative ways to get those resources to really take it to the next level um, and just build upon the great work that's been, been done already. Yeah, that's part of why we do this is to get the stories of players and to give people somebody, you know, get to know the players so that they have somebody to root for and are more connected and you know, it's not just a face on TV, like Absolutely. somebody that you feel like you know more about and you can know their, their backstory and what kind of brought them to the game and who they are as a person. So I think 
you know, that's, yeah, a, a big way for Leslie and I to grow the game. Yeah, that's no, it's great that you guys do it. I mean, I, I love hearing the stories, and, and I agree 100%. It's yeah. kind of like why people are so passionate about, you know, their town team, their, their city team, if it's on the professional level, or their college team, is that they have a personal connection. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so the more you get to know, you know, you have a friend who's on the LPGA Tour, you know, and, and that's really what people want to watch. You right. know, it's much more interesting. They're interested in the golf for the golf, but they are also interested for the human stories. And, for sure. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm a sports junkie, and I could watch kind of anything that's on TV, <laughs> but I much prefer to watch, you know, people that I have, know their stories. Yeah, um, it's like when you watch the Olympics. Like yeah. The, the athletes with that amazing story on how they got there, you're, like, pulling for them, and you want to watch their sport, even though it's, like, you know, speed skating, like, I've yeah. never, I would yeah. never do that. Like, I don't know anything about it. But if you give me a good story, like, yeah, I want to watch that. What's one thing, if you could go back in time and tell your, like, 10, 15-year-old self something, what would you tell her? I, I would, um, I would say I've gotten a lot better at this over time is, like, don't, stress too much about the future you know mm. just kind of try to live um you know do the i always tell my kids like if they listen to this they would laugh i sort of like <laughs> do the best you can you know give it your best effort with your best attitude and then just let the chips fall where they may you know there's nothing else that you can really control other than your attitude and your effort so i don't think i always live that way you know i give my kids that advice and i think i do much better at that now than i used to but i think i used to always be like Hey, what do I need to do to get to the next place and what's going to happen in the future and um, being a little too stressed out and now I try to just say like hey I'm gonna dive in with everything that I have in the moment and you know make the best decisions that I can make and have the best values and the best kind of goals and and um, you know I'm not going to be perfect I'll make some mistakes and but then know that you did it for the right reason and so I think that makes me a lot less stressed out so I kind of wish that I'd you know realized that earlier in life because it probably would have reduced a lot of unnecessary anxiety along the way but that's all you can do right is just yeah. do your best and work as hard as you can work and see what happens that's true it's hard to do though it is hard to do <laughs> it's particularly hard these days you know i mean i think it's just there's so many um uh, outside forces that you have to tune out um, you know, with social media and, you know, sort of comparing yourself to other people is, um, you know, that quote from, I guess, is Theodore Roosevelt, you know, um, a comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. And that's really true. And so if you keep that in mind, like, don't compare, just do the best you can do, be the best version of you and kind of cliche, but I really do believe that. And it's hard to do though these days. I mean, it's really hard to do because you're looking at everybody else and, you know, what are they doing that I'm not doing and what else is out there? And there's so much noise that if you can block that out, I think even for you guys, it must be, feel a lot of pressure out there on the tour. Um, because there's so much of that. And, but the more you can block it out and just be focused on what you need to control, the better. Has that been in your role? I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions. Has it been hard coming into this role and kind of everybody has a thought as to what needs to change and what needs to improve? And then, you know, you still have to do your listen and learn and see, come to your own conclusions. Has that been challenging or? I think this part is, um, 
what what is fun i think the challenging part is figuring out okay what are the themes you know i think when you hear from lots of people certain themes really emerge and you can make something as i said before complex as simple as you can make it you know kind of find the themes i like to say like find the the big things that you hear from lots of people or that your own impressions kind of lead you to so i think that's really the next step of this is um gathering all that information, hearing from my staff who's been around for a long time and they have great ideas and great opinions, um, and then just, you know, charting the course. Um, and again, we're going to go one direction and say that maybe wasn't the right direction and let's, you know, re, re, uh, readjust and go a different direction. And I think you have to be nimble. COVID has taught all of us that, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be as nimble as you possibly can be and um, just keep trying to get better. But I think mm -hmm. themes emerge, you know, I think in, if you're a good listener and you really are listening to learn, not to kind of respond, then you tend to take in more. Have you gotten to the point where themes are starting to emerge, or are you still kind of data collection? Going? I think still, I mean, certainly themes are emerging, um, but um, the details of that and the, then kind of how you execute on that is still still working through. But mm -hmm. um, And again, we're still moving. It's not like life has stopped. You know, we're still getting things done, and the team's still creating uh, new ideas and new partnerships and I mean, we just announced a great new tournament last week um, that people have been working on for a long time. And so there's still lots of action and lots of movement. So it's not like things stop just as, as uh, you know, as I've gotten here. They've been doing a great job during the transition. And so it's kind of, that's challenging to keep the engines and the wheels kind of moving while also thinking strategically because it's a really busy organization, you know, it's, it's seven days a week and people are always on and always, always trying to get better. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine you're doing all this, you know, all while tournaments are happening and, yeah. you know, the staff is going from one city to the next and you're trying to figure out how this train is moving while it's moving. While it's moving, exactly, yeah. exactly. But it's fun. And again, I love um, the personalities of the players. You know, there's some really interesting, um, fun people like at Solheim. I was there uh, for the whole week and the energy on the first tee was remarkable and the i don't know if you saw ali ewing or heard ali ewing sing she sang yeah. journey on the like this and i didn't even someone said did you just hear her sing and i said i i just thought that was journey singing you know like she sounded so good wow. on the tee box before she hit um which was really cool she had a great voice and um you know just a lot of I just like getting to know people and hearing people's stories. It's just, it's hard to do because there's so many of you guys. Right. So I'm slowly getting getting through um, to try to, you know, have conversations like this. Like now I'll know you and yeah. when I see you, we'll, we'll be pals and we'll be able to, you know, sort of have a normal conversation, which is something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. I think... We are excited to see kind of what you come up with, what themes you come up with, kind of the, the game plan moving forward. I'm sure big things and I don't know. I, do you feel like it's going to be big things or is it like just a lot of small tweaks within the system? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, listen, I, I think, um, you know, you, you hope for some a couple big wins, but we, you know, sort of the home runs. But yeah. I think we just need to keep getting singles too, yeah. you know, and I, I think... Um, just keep getting better. I think that's the biggest mm -hmm. thing. And um, kind of projecting out, having some goals for three, five, seven years, um, but also being kind of living where we are too in the moment. So um, yeah, I, I, again, I think we're in really good, a good spot. And yeah. but 
there's always room for growth. I think if you're not growing, you're stepping back and it's really hard to stand still. You know, I don't think it, mm -hmm. many organizations actually just stand still. So hopefully we're really moving forward. Well, we're excited to have you and thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for listening to BirdieCast. Perfect. The best podcast around. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. The lucky winner of this week's giveaway left a raving five-star review and said, BirdieCast is great content and a fun listen. Their name on Apple Podcast is SSPCCCD. Thank you for your review and please reach out to us on Instagram or email us at birdiecast at gmail.com to receive your one-of-a-kind Corey Paul Functional Art Wedge. Um, we just need an address from you and we'll send that to you as soon as we can. But don't worry, BirdieCast listeners. We will be having more giveaways in future episodes. <laughs> <laughs>